Lord, we come to worship you today because of Christ. We are alive. Lord, we thank you for this special morning where, God, you rose again in victory over sin and over death, that we may have new life in you. Father God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we come to worship you today in spirit and in truth. God, would you open our hearts, our minds, and our eyes to see the beauty of the resurrection. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you like to take a seat? If I've not met you, my name is Scott. I am the lead pastor here at New Life Coolangatta. And um, if you come here regularly, you'll notice that I'm actually wearing a colourful shirt today. Normally, I only ever wear white or black. But the team were like, we're going to have greenery on the stage. You've got to wear something colourful, something green. So now I feel like I'm in camo up here, like getting lost in between all the plants. But, you know, now my insecurity is out of the way. We can get into the message, which is awesome. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And on Friday, on the day of crucifixion, we looked at Romans 5.8. And Romans 5.8 said, But God demonstrates His own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And we looked at this passage and we understood it starts with, But God. It was actually God who came and sacrificed Himself on the cross for us. And why did he do that? To demonstrate his own love towards us. It's a personal love that Christ was showing us on that cross, that yet while we were still sinners, that we were separate from God because of our sin, but Jesus had a redemptive plan that he would come and die for our sin and take it to the grave. But today, we gather to celebrate that that love on the cross was not the end of the story but it was merely the beginning of a much, much more powerful truth. The truth that Jesus defeated sin and death and he rose from the dead to bring us life and life eternal. So what Paul does is he moves on from here in Romans 5 at the demonstration of God's love for us on the cross and he moves into what the resurrection means for you and for me. So in Romans 6 verse 9 he says, For we know... That since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Before we get into the message, would you please join me in prayer? Father God, we thank you for the truth of your word, God. We thank you for the truth that you rose again, Jesus, on that fateful morning. Lord, I pray that you would help me preach with truth and with grace and with love, that in the end, God, they would not look to me, but they would only look to you, the one who brings life and life in all its fullness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in Africa, missionaries went out in Africa to bring the gospel to these far areas in Africa where where people couldn't reach. So they'd go to these far communities and they'd take along with them a projector and a screen. And they'd show them what they called the Jesus movie. And it was a movie about the life of Jesus, his miracles, his teachings. And so they would watch this movie in their own language to show them what Jesus did and what he came to accomplish. And they were in this town one time, in this village, and they were playing this movie. And as they were watching, 
They were loving this movement. It got up to the point where Jesus was betrayed and where Jesus was condemned to death and going to the cross. And they all started nearly writing. They were like, this is wrong. He should not be going to the cross. This is not right. He's been condemned. That's not fair. Why are you showing us this movie? And it started almost a riot. All the people were just blowing up. And the missionaries were like, whoa, 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 calm down. They had to press pause on the video. They're like, calm down. It's okay. It's okay. It's not the end. It, it's not the end. The story gets better. So they calm them all down and they all sit down. And it gets to the point of the resurrection. And light bursts forth from the tomb. And Jesus sits up and they just start screaming for joy. They're like, yes, yes. And they start jumping around. They're hugging each other. This is the best thing ever. And Jesus walks out of the tomb. Is that how we see it? Are we that excited about the resurrection? I don't think so. Because in the West, we're far too familiar with the story. Even non-Christians know the story. Therefore, what happens is it takes away the significance and the wonder and the awe and the power of the resurrection. This was actually an earth-shattering event. This is not normal, right, to say the least. But for Christians, it's actually central to our faith. The resurrection is a victory that we should celebrate with inexpressible joy. The saying, he is risen, he is risen indeed, has been a tradition for the church where Christians would greet each other for centuries and it's told that it came about from Mary Magdalene when she supposedly addressed a Roman emperor, Tiberius, in Rome with the words, Christ is risen. And we need to understand that the Roman emperors weren't very nice to Christians. They killed thousands and thousands of them. They would actually put them up on poles alive and set them alight at night that they would light the streets so people could walk the streets with a light. So when Mary stands before this emperor and says, Christ is risen, she's challenging his authority. She's declaring, hey, you know what? You may be emperor, have all power and power to kill me, but I serve the Lord of Lords, who has actually defeated death, and Jesus rose to life, and you know what? So will I. You have a certain amount of power, but my Lord has the power and authority even over death. Why was Mary so bold and so fearless? Well, Mary was a disciple. She followed Jesus in his teaching and his ministry. She saw what he did, his miraculous power that he carried in himself. And she was actually at the cross. She was one of those standing before the cross and watching her Lord be crucified and bleed to death. Mary, as we saw in some of those videos, was the first one to the tomb. Saw that the tomb, the stone had been rolled away and saw the angels, there was no one there. She turns around and she is the first one to see the risen Christ. And she goes and carries the first ever gospel message. She goes back to the disciples and says, He's risen. He is alive. So this resurrection of Jesus, it actually radically changed her life and gave her the boldness to face persecution and death, even to face off against a Roman emperor and declare Christ is risen. You see, Mary knew a truth that transcended everything she faced in life, a truth, and that truth was the resurrection. The question is, why is the resurrection so important? Like, who cares if Jesus rose from the dead? Well, because without the resurrection, the cross is just a tragic story of a perfect, loving God murdered. Paul, the apostle, who actually saw the resurrected cross with his own eyes, he says in 1 Corinthians 15, if Christ is not risen, 
But now preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. He's like, I'm wasting my time actually telling you about Jesus. I'm wasting my time sacrificing my life to share the gospel with you if he's not risen. Because if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. You see, the resurrection is the linchpin of the gospel. Without the resurrection, our faith is futile because how can we know that Jesus died for our sins and that it actually worked? Without the resurrection, how would we know if God accepted the payment for our sins? How would we know that we have eternal life in Jesus? We actually wouldn't know. Jesus would just be a dead martyr. But the resurrection does answer all these questions with a resounding yes. Yes, God did die for our sins. And yes, God did accept the sacrifice. And yes, Jesus did conquer death. And that everyone who believes in him receives that life through him. Because the resurrection is proof that everything Jesus said and came to accomplish was actually achieved. The resurrection is the culmination of our faith. The resurrection is the power of love on display. And Paul writes to the church in Corinth of this truth. He writes to them about the power of the gospel and the power of the resurrection in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, which is the Apostle Peter, and then to the twelve, and after that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of who were still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all he appeared to me also as one abnormally born. Paul's answering this age-old question, did Jesus really rise from the dead? Paul's like, man, this happened. Like seriously, there are people still alive today. As I write you this letter that saw the resurrected Christ, over 500 of them. I've got a list here of people. I can give it to you. You can go and talk to them yourself. Like, go and see these people. They saw the resurrected Christ. And it's interesting. There were people not only in the Christian circles talking about the resurrection of Christ, but people outside Christianity. Josephus was a Roman historian, and he wrote about Jesus. And he wrote that Jesus was a man who did amazing miracles, And then he went to the cross and died, but then on the third day, he rose again. And you can go all throughout that area in Rome, you will see all the emperor's tombs where their bodies are still today, but you won't find the tomb where Jesus' body is because he resurrected. He's not there. And then Paul finishes with, I myself, I have seen the risen Christ. Can you feel and hear the certainty of power and the power and the reality of this in Paul's life as he, as he writes this to the Corinthians? Do we know that all of the apostles, bar one, and John was the only one that lived through it, were, were murdered, were persecuted and murdered for their faith? Every one of them. They tried to kill John, they tried to boil him alive, but he didn't die. But think about that. It would only take one of them to say, oh, no, it actually didn't happen. But none of them feared death. Because they had seen the resurrected Christ. And this is not just a mystical hope for Paul, but a life-transforming reality that he desperately wants the church to grasp. He wants them to feel the weight and the gravity and the reality and the transforming power of the resurrection. You see, the resurrection shows us that what happened on Friday on the cross was not the end of the story. The resurrection shows us that Jesus did indeed die for our sins and bury them in the grave. 
The resurrection shows us that God the Father accepted that sacrifice for sin. Jesus paid for our sins on the cross. And the resurrection is the guarantee that the payment of sin was accepted. It's like, you know, when you tap your card, when you're at the shops. I do it all the time. I tap it. I'm like, and it says sending. And I'm freaking out because I don't know if there's enough money in there. I'm like, oh, gosh, I hope I've got enough money in there. I think I'll bring my wife. She's going to have to transfer money. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And, you know, you tap. And that's Jesus on Friday. He, he, he's paid for our sins. And that wait in between before he rises again is that moment where it just says sending, right? The apostles are like, did this work? We don't know if this worked. And then, you know, when you tap and you see approved, you're like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> I don't have to be embarrassed. That's the resurrection, right? The resurrection is evidence that the payment has been made and the transaction has been settled. You see, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then we're still under the judgment of sin. But because Jesus did rise from the dead, we now have forgiveness and Jesus has defeated sin and death. For anyone who puts their faith in Jesus, they're freely given this victory over sin and death and we're freely given eternal life. Timothy Keller, he says, if Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept all that he said. If he didn't rise from the dead, then why worry about any of what he said? The issue on which everything hangs is not whether or not you like his teaching, but whether or not he rose from the dead. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, we should just throw out all his teaching. But here's the thing, if he did rise from the dead... What did Jesus say about the resurrection then? Do we know what Jesus taught? Because Jesus taught that the resurrection was, was not something that the apostles made up after the fact. The resurrection was actually central to Jesus' teaching and central to his mission on earth. The resurrection wasn't a surprise to Jesus or the disciples after he was crucified. It wasn't like on Sunday morning, Jesus sat up and went, Oh, wow, didn't expect that to happen. This is weird. Pretty sure I died. What day is it? You know, it wasn't like that. Jesus taught and said that he actually would resurrect. Just in the Gospel of Matthew, five times, five times Jesus tells his disciples that he will be crucified, that he will die, and he'll rise again. He's like, I've told you this over and over, but I'm pretty sure you're not getting it. Let me tell you five times. And one of the times was in Matthew 20. Jesus is talking about himself, and he says, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes. They will condemn him to death. They will deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify. And on the third day, he will rise again. Jesus is spelling it out pretty clearly, right? Like he's prophesying to his disciples, saying, this is how it's going to go. So if it goes like this, you'll know. This is how it's going to go. I'm going to be betrayed by one of you guys. And then I'm going to go to the religious rulers, the Jewish religious rulers, and they're going to condemn me to death. Why? Because I claim to be God. And they're going to mock and scourge and crucify me. But guess what? On the third day, I'm going to rise again. You see, Jesus is expressing or explaining his plan of salvation. And they totally had no idea what he was on about. No idea. And that's fair enough too, right? Like, think about it. You're the disciples. This has never happened before. And this guy's going, hey, I'm going to be, you know, die and I'm going to raise again in three days. He'll be like, okay, what's he talking about? <laughs> is he gone? This is a bit, a bit weird. Because there are in the scriptures where it says the disciples didn't know what he was talking about when he was talking about his death and resurrection. But Jesus told that 
told him that. So when he did rise from the dead, they would believe that everything he taught was true and that he truly was God. And Jesus didn't make the resurrection a secret for just his disciples either. He spoke of his resurrection in many of his interactions with just the Jewish people and the religious rulers. So even the Jewish religious leaders that condemned him to death, they knew he said he would rise from the dead. So straight after Jesus died on the cross, those religious rulers went to the governing authorities, the Roman governing authorities, and said, Hey, we find this in Matthew 27. Sir, remember while he was still alive, how that deceiver said, After three days, I will rise. So they're freaking out that the disciples will come and steal his body and it'll all be like all made up. So they go, put some guards on there. So cool, they put guards on the tomb, but that didn't stop the resurrection from happening. It happened right in front of the guards. You see, the resurrection was not a secret at all. It was actually public knowledge. And not only did Jesus tell everyone he would rise again, but he actually even taught that he himself had the power and authority over death to raise the dead. Jesus taught that he himself was the creator of life, and therefore he had the power to resurrect life. And we see this clearly, Jesus claiming and demonstrating this in a story of a man named Lazarus who had been dead for three days before Jesus came into town. And in John 11, we read of Lazarus' sister Martha having this encounter with Jesus about this. So in John 11, we read, When Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know what you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said, to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord. I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who has come into this world. Jesus declares right here that I am the resurrection and the life. I'm the giver of life and I have the authority to resurrect life. Church, this is good news for us. Our faith in Jesus is faith in life. It's faith in eternal life. It's a faith in the only one that can actually give us life. And to prove this, Jesus goes to the tomb where Lazarus has been buried three days. And he says, roll away the stone. And they're like, nah, bad idea. It stinks in there. Like someone's been dead three days. This is not a good idea to have the stone rolled away. It's going to really badly smell. They know what decaying flesh smells like. And he's like, roll it away. So they roll the stone away and he looks up to heaven. He says, Father, I know you always hear my prayers. I do this that they may believe. That they may believe I'm the one that you have sent. And so then he turns to the tomb and he says, Lazarus, come forth. And life comes back into Lazarus' body and he walks out of that tomb. Jesus' whole ministry on earth was a demonstration of the fact that resurrection life was in him. His whole ministry was a demonstration that he had total authority over death to bring healing and life. You see, when we fell in the garden, when sin entered into the world, 
Sin brought with it death and decay and sickness and disease. All these things are an effect of sin. But Jesus came to show us that he had power and authority over all of the effects of sin. And so we read of all the amazing miracles that Jesus did. He brought sight to the blind. People who were deaf, he, they would bring, he would bring healing and bring their hearing back. He would raise people. All of these things pointed to the fact that what was dead, if the eyesight was dead, that he could bring that back to life. He healed people of evil spirits. He raised three, other peop- three people in total. He raised Lazarus, he raised another young girl, and he raised another young boy to prove all of these miracles demonstrated that he had the power over death, that he could resurrect any situation because he is God and he has in himself resurrection life. The Apostle John says in John 5, 1 John 5, This is the testimony. This is what I bring to you, that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his Son. This is the testimony that I want to tell you today, that God has given us eternal life and we only find that in his Son, in Jesus Christ. So Jesus was able to resurrect life in all these circumstances to prove that he was God. But then the ultimate demonstration of this life that was in Jesus was his claim he had the power to raise himself from the dead. Now, it's one thing to raise someone else, but then to claim that, you know what, I'm going to die and I'm going to raise myself to life, that's another level, right? In John 10, he says, Therefore, my Father loves me because I laid down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself and I have the power to lay it down. And I have the power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. He says, I lay my life down willingly. You actually don't have authority over me. I'm God, right? Like, you can't take my life. But I came to die on the cross to show you my love for you. So I freely, humbly lay it down to deal with your sin to take away the sin and bury it. But guess what? I have the power to raise myself back up again. I hold resurrection power, not only in your situation, but in my own too. And in John 14, he makes it really clear. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If we want to know the way, it is Jesus. If we want to know the truth, it is Jesus. If we want to know life, And life in its full, it's only found in Jesus. So not only did Jesus tell everyone when he would resurrect, not only did Jesus prove that he could resurrect others, Jesus then had the power to resurrect himself. And he did rise from the dead. And he was seen by hundreds of people. And Romans 6, 9 says, For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. You see, the resurrected Jesus on that earth-shattering Sunday morning was the final demonstration of the truth that Jesus has conquered death, that Jesus is life, that he is the source of life, and therefore we can know. We can know and trust that Jesus is able to give us life and resurrect our souls. Like death was the final enemy of humanity, right? Like death's the only thing in our existence That defeats everyone, the rich, the poor, the good, the bad, the most powerful, the most weak. Death is the only thing that no one escapes from, right? 
But love has come and made a way for life. Love has come and defeated sin and death. And the resurrection is a guarantee that that love has been victorious. And the final enemy of humanity, which was death, has been overcome in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In 2 Timothy 1, it says, But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and brought us life and immortality to light through the gospel. This is what we celebrate today on Easter weekend, on Friday and on Sunday. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the death and burial of Jesus Christ, but it's also the resurrection. You can't have one without the other. His death and his resurrection are like two hands of a prayer. They come together. But here is the beauty. There's another aspect of this that's so amazing. It blows my mind all the time. Romans 8 talks about the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives in you. Think about that. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus, when we repent and turn away from our sin and put our faith in Jesus Christ, we receive the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in you. We are God's people who carry with us resurrection power. So know wherever you go, you bring the power of the Holy Spirit. We should live as resurrected Sunday people. Not denying that the world is not in despair, but living in the hope and the joy and the power of the resurrection. Timothy Keller says, Jesus Christ is walking proof that you will miss nothing. Nothing. It's all coming in the future. It's going to be unimaginably wonderful. There is no religion, no philosophy, no human being who can offer this kind of future. As Christians, our hope for the future is based on the historical fact of the resurrection. The resurrection. Jesus said it. Jesus demonstrated it. And Jesus did it to prove beyond a doubt that he can and will give us eternal life. Hear the words of our Lord Jesus. I am the resurrection and the life. He who, comes, who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? What's your answer to Jesus today? Will you answer like Martha? Say, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. You see, when we humble ourselves and we respond like Martha and put our faith in Jesus, we're forgiven of our sin and we're given a new life that starts right now. Right now. We don't have to wait to eternity. We have a new life right now in the Holy Spirit. And after this service, we're going to be going down to the water. I think we've got like five people now that we're going to be baptizing. Baptizing into new life in Christ Jesus. This is what baptism represents, that we have died with Christ. The old person, Scott, the old Scott is dead along with my sin. I reckon myself dead to sin because Jesus has paid the price for it. And when I come out of the water as a representation that I've been brought to life with Jesus Christ. It's nothing I've done. It's everything He has done for me. What a beautiful celebration of what God has done spiritually for us where we can do that publicly to say, this is what's happened to me. I'm dead. I reckon myself dead, but I'm alive in Christ Jesus. You see, baptism is love on display. Jesus' life and his miracles were love on display. The cross on Friday was love on display and the resurrection is the power of love on display. You see, love defeated sin and death and brought life and life eternal. The ultimate question we can ask in life is, will we believe? 
Will we receive? Will we accept the love of God on display in Jesus? Let me say this. Let today be the day that your soul is resurrected to life in Jesus Christ. Will you join me in prayer? Father God, would you just help us understand the magnitude of the resurrection? Help us understand the love that was poured out on the cross on that Friday, but also the power of your resurrection on Sunday morning and victory over sin and death. God, may we be resurrected people who live with joy inexpressible, who live with love and grace and mercy and pour that out on others that maybe, Lord, they would turn and put their faith in you. Holy Spirit, show us what it means to be people who believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we're in this moment of prayer, you might be sitting here today and and you've never received that, that gift of salvation. And God is reaching out to you today saying, I did all that for you. I was demonstrating my own love for you on that cross, that I was willing to humble myself and die the death, to take your sin and bury it in the grave. I want a relationship with you. I want to give you my Holy Spirit to empower you. And I want to give you the gift of life, a new life in me. So if you've not received that today, you can just simply pray this prayer in your heart with me. So Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. I thank you that Jesus died and buried my sin. And I thank you that he rose again in victory over sin and death. I receive your gift, Lord. And I ask for your Holy Spirit that I may have new life and have it to the full. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.